0: You are listening to the Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Ruttman. Welcome to Hospitality Insights Live. My name is Sam Eric K and this is a show which I bring you around the world to discuss with uh, industry leaders about the burning topics that have has, is affecting our lives and specifically what has affecting our lives during during this time and we also aim to look at uh, at the future how uh, we can do things in a way that uh, make everyone's lives much better um, uh, This topic today I think is something I've been uh, wanting to do for a long time, and uh, we finally uh, had opportunity to meet a a person who can help us to understand their mental health issues and uh, particularly how can mental health affect an individual and areas where uh, where uh, unemployment is very high because of the uh, lockdowns and and the tourism and Malta being a perfect example unfortunately of how people are suffering during this very difficult time and obviously this has has a has an impact on people's lives and also their uh, mental wellness. So uh, this is a topic that we're going to discuss today. And I'm very pleased to to welcome uh, Dragan Tonkov, who is uh, with the Richmond Foundation. So let me bring him uh, to the screen. Um, But I'd like to also thank the Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association, the Visit Malta, Ministry of Tourism, Winding Dog Training and Mediterranean Tourism Foundation uh, for being part of uh, making sure that we can get this uh, uh, program uh, out to all of you who are watching this. So uh, welcome, Dragon. It's very nice of you to take the time to, to discuss these important matters with us. Welcome.
1: Good afternoon, good afternoon, and thank you for inviting me uh, being here on, on, on this platform with, uh, with the industry. It's a, it's a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Um, could you uh, help us to understand? Well, first of all, to could you introduce to us uh, Richmond Foundation and uh, and what is your role uh, with the foundation?
1: So, Richmond Foundation is a non-government organization. It's registered in Malta twenty-eight years ago. What um, um, you know, that's that's what what is registered uh, uh, and um, um, we more uh, mainly focusing on community mental health and this is still our line of work our community mental health and um, the last uh, few years we started expanding a lot on working on mental health at the workplace the foundation is helping people with mental health problems and mental illnesses to live in the community we have uh, nearly or actually more than 100 nearly 120 employees Currently working with us just for RD. I started working with the foundation 11 years ago and we were only 35, having a couple of services uh, available. Now we have uh, hostels for people to live in the community, we have rehab programs, we have uh, services for, for children with challenging behavior. And um, we also have this uh, training and know um, training unit, support unit our work in the area of mental health at the workplace where we provide the mental health first aid training, uh, different specialized trainings. We have a, a, a large counseling service working for more than 100 companies. Um, this year, actually last year, I'm still living in the past of it. Uh, last year, we managed to, you know, to come through one of our biggest dreams and to have um, 24/7 uh, helpline. Uh, it's called 1770. That's the number, and it's 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 available 24/7 every day um, at any time. So people phone and and get help related to to mental health. Um, what is my role with the foundation? I was uh, heavily involved in in growing our employee support program for nearly ten years. Um, I'm still supporting this process with with our contacts and 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 getting. Uh, new companies on board, uh, but since last year, I mainly focus on on training. So I'm currently the learning the the, the manager of the learning and development team, with a group of people, uh, experienced trainers who support the mental health first aid um, program, um, deliver tailor-made trainings for for companies, provide consultancy for for various organizations, uh, help them to deal with particular problems. Uh, I'm also um, doing coaching, but not only in the context of mental health. Actually, I am avoiding doing coaching in the context of mental health, but work with um, with uh, leaders from different organizations and the different levels. Um, mental health comes quite often and, in coaching. And I also teach uh, coaching with a business school. So just to give you an idea that uh, I have a good um, overview of different industries and levels of organizations.
0: Well thank you this is very very wide field and of course we are a hospitality related show but because this is uh, touching everyone uh, everyone's lives is really is touching so and um, you mentioned earlier you're not in any way expert in hospitality and that is not the, the reason you are here is to give sort of a general overview and also help us to understand uh, what causes mental health issues and uh, and these uh, possible causes. Could you help us to understand that? What what is now causing mental health issues? I mean, I'm sure it's not only a COVID nineteen, might, might be also before that. So, mm-hmm. could you share your views on this?
1: Yes, uh, and first before before, like I, I give you some ideas, what can cause mental health issues. It's good to you know to distinguish between people having mental problems and people um, experiencing mental illnesses. Uh, because that's that's very important, and sometimes it doesn't work well when people need to um, to get help. Because when we're talking about illness, we're talking about something that is diagnosable. There's quite a number of symptoms. That's the job of the medical professions professionals to diagnose. Uh, and then there's the concept of mental health problem. These are experiences we have. Uh, which might bring some of the symptoms of mental illness, but not enough to be diagnosed as a mental illness. And uh, in fact, this morning, we're doing a, a one of our mental health first aid sessions with a group of managers and NHI managers across various industries. And uh, we spoke about that, the fact that everyone will pass through a mental problem in their life. So this is, um, it's good good to start. Uh, going back to your question what will make uh, people experience mental problems or maybe developing a mental illness. Uh, there are a number of risk factors which will come um, in the course of their life. Um, it could be sometimes genetic predisposition to some some form of illnesses. Uh, it could be something related to their upbringing, um, um, uh, what was the environment of the, uh, of the family and, and the environment they grew up, like even school, uh, poverty, um, you know, even housing. Um, so that's quite uh, quite important. Uh, culture comes into place. Then uh, we have existing uh, health problems, other mental illnesses. Um, um, what else? We, we have uh, abuse, neglect, um, loss, different traumas that people might experience uh, as well. But as I said, the number of factors and... Rarely, you can get a mental health problem only based on one, uh, one, one factor. A lot of stress um, can lead to mental problems, um, changes, loneliness, um, something that is um, quite uh, visible nowadays, there's a, there's a lot of loneliness around.
0: Yeah. How has the COVID-19 period with the lockdown in Malta affected people's uh, mental health issues?
1: It was an, an interesting experience to observe uh, the whole COVID um, development in Malta and also touch base with, with people uh, in other countries. I must say that in Malta, we consider ourselves a bit lucky in terms of the, the amount of restrictions we have uh, at the moment uh, uh, and uh, we had in the past compared to other countries where people are actually not allowed to leave their houses and without informing someone. Um, we started seeing the effect of, of the pandemic immediately, and it developed on different stages. Uh, in the beginning, there was the big, uh, the big worry: what's going to happen? A lot of people worried about um, relatives, other, um, you know, people who might be in a potential danger, danger their own health. Um, they start worrying about their jobs, uh, and I'm talking about across industries because a lot of industries didn't know what's going to happen and how they're going to continue with. Um, with uh, adaptation to the new ways of, of working, um, a, a lot of um, uh, people got um, really worried about a lot of restrictions coming in in their in their life, and especially those people who already had some uh, particular dynamics at home, and they had to stay more. and We've seen this as, as a big problem. People who had to look after children and work at the same time, the lack of uh, of uh, you know clear boundaries between work and 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 uh, um, and professional life, so quite quite a number of things. Um, then we started noticing elevated anxiety. Uh, people were more anxious. Um, I mean, there were a lot of false hopes. It's going to stop in a few months. Uh, you know, uh, the summer is going to be better. Actually, here we were doing quite well, and then in the summer the problem started coming back, and uh, especially now, if after, you know, after summer uh, as well, school. Um, so. People are affected a lot, uh, worry about the jobs, in particular industries. Um, I mean, talking about hospitality industry, there's a lot of worry there. Um, hotels don't function uh, as much as they used to have function before. Okay, restaurants are probably more functional, uh, so they're less restricted, but people don't travel a lot, and uh, we don't have a lot of internal tourism to support um, the industry, which is, was quite big uh, before. Many people have lost their jobs. So they had to deal with this. Um, Many people had to leave the country who were here because of the industry and uh, a lot of um, hotels lost key personnel, which is very difficult to recruit back, uh, train, establish quality. So that was quite a a big impact on on the health
0: and, and the mental health of the nation. I am not hearing you, is it? Uh, you have talked to many people in the hospitality industry, I'm sure. And uh, have, you, have you noticed how, how has the situation affected the, the leadership of the hotels? Because uh, they are, of course, are under, uh, everyone is under stress, but uh, the leadership who's taking responsibility of the well-being of uh, their, their team must be also under tremendous stress in, in dealing with the situation. How, what have you noticed from this?
1: It's um, interesting to see that, um, you know, many leaders actually um, um, have lost completely their sense of boundaries because they were trying to make, um, you know, boundaries in in how they protect themselves from, uh, you know, from getting burned out. Um, They had to actually put an extra effort to, um, you know, support everyone they could. Um, They were seeing people leaving, for example, and they, as a manager, a leader, you know how difficult it is to go back to, you know, to functioning with good quality of people. Uh, they they were seeing that actually this disrupt uh, the lives of many people, especially people who couldn't stay here because they didn't have jobs and uh, they could see all the sadness and they can deal with them. Um, going through redundancy, uh, it's one of the most horrible experiences you can have. Um, even as an HR professional, I personally went in the beginning of my career through something like that, being making people redundant and still something to remember 20 years ago. And uh, the toll takes on people. And now the worry is that the industry needs to restart, and they probably might not be, you know, it will be difficult to to get all the people uh, together. Those who manage to to retain key people probably are are feeling a bit better. But um, we thought a lot about, I mean, saying we uh, as managers, we thought a lot about. The well-being of, of of our employees, but uh, I think we neglected a bit. Our personal well-being, and the last thing we want at the moment is to have uh, uh, burnt-out leaders who actually need to uh, to push uh, the restart of the industry. Um, whenever the industry will start restarting in a better speed.
0: Uh, what tips or can you give uh, someone in that situation? Because there are, of course. Uh, when you have a burnout, you sometimes don't notice it yourself that you are in what situation you are. Uh, but um, just from your observations and your, in your coaching activities, uh, what, what are the kind of advice and tips do you give in order to get over this situation that they, they are in? Because it can be a, quite a hopeless situation for many, and that creates a lot of anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, One of the first things we always work in is building the self-awareness that actually you are going through this process. Uh, Very often people see some signs and symptoms like they lost their sleep, they feel tired, they feel a bit edgy. Um, or there's a bit of a level of more like elevated mood or aggression. Sometimes um, they become more sensitive. Um, other physical things like pain, headaches, stomach problems start coming. And I'm talking only about burnout here, not not really mental health problems, uh, mental, health, mental illnesses. Um, they, people think that, that should, that's the way how they should feel about because they're exhausted and, and they're tired and um, they have to put together because I know managers who had to um take up of rows to make sure that everything continues. I mean, including painting and doing things just, just to to you know to save jobs and and to um and to move on with, with, with this pandemic. Um, so the first step is we're bu- building awareness um with 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 the individual that like this is happening and um how it's affecting them, how it's affecting their life. And it's interesting experience to see as this wow moment when they start realizing that okay, it does not affect only me; it affects my my relationship. Now I'm start realizing why my children are avoiding me, for example, or uh, my partner is telling me you like you're not your usual self, and that's you know a, a good a good moment. Like okay, I need to do something from here, and the next step is what I'm going to do. There are various options. I mean. Ideally, um, if the person is at a stage that they cannot support themselves, they look out for help, uh, being a psychological help or medical if they if they need. And by medical, I don't only mean psychiatrists, but even a even a GP who can you know run blood tests, uh, help them to to overcome certain issues, um, find someone to talk, build a support network. Uh, in in times when people burn out, rest is, is very important, but rest is not the only um, solution for this because you can rest and then go back to the same problem and you can even burn out more from 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 this if you don't really find a way how to be more resilient, how to increase your resilience, um, how to plan your, uh, your life and tasks, how much you can take, how much you can be available. Uh, yesterday, I was having a, a group session with a group of managers from another industry and they were telling me my team is messaging me at 11 o'clock in the night um, and I'm trying to be there because I think that they feel lonely and they feel worried but then you know that's that puts great tone on them so we worked around, around this um, as well. Um, getting professional help when they need or building their support network with family, friends, boundaries when I work, when I don't when I'm available, uh, when I'm not, and for what I'm available.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned okay. a very important part. I think is that the the person who's close, close family members or close friends. Uh, what can they do to support that person who is going through that? Mm.
1: The the first thing, um, and we've came across a lot of people who actually couldn't understand what's going on and couldn't support their partners. Accept that something is happening. Um be there for the person, but accept, don't judge the person for what's going on. I mean, not many people start with the with the concept, this is something that I did wrong, this is something against me. Usually it's not, it's it's the whole thing happening um around them. And because people don't understand, they start this constant clashes. I mean, take a step back. Try to 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 accept that something is happening, try to accept that. Person that you are with at uh, the moment is passing through a difficult time, but maybe um, they're afraid to to share. They don't want to put an extra burden on on you. So by by this uh, means of protecting you, actually they're not protecting themselves. Um, I mean, don't step in the role of the rescuer. Uh, be compassionate. Be be there. Um, uh, be non-judgmental. Don't push them. Sometimes, and, and we see this quite a lot in the mental health first aid training, it takes uh, weeks and months for someone to start going to help or to start recovering. Um, give the space for them to speak. Um, make sure that you have the trust and and, and they, they, they trust you to, to do this. Um, normalize that they should they, it's okay not to be okay when you're not okay. And uh, it will pass. And um, encourage them to go for help because the sooner you go for help, the better. It's very similar to what what people do when someone is having a physical problem. I mean, if you have pain and you go to the doctor, this might not develop more than, you know, you need an emergency service. So the sooner you start, it is exactly the same concept. Uh, The thing is that not many people understand this, that that's the way how you have to treat such problems.
0: Yeah, what is uh, stigma associated with this? With these issues, uh, uh, with mental health, and, uh, uh, and maybe discrimination, or pe- uh, what? What have you noticed in your work uh, that stigma associated that maybe there is a denial that I don't have anything wrong with me because they're afraid to 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 show that, and etc. They
1: are stigma. Actually, stigma uh, affects all the aspects of person's life. And uh, you, we can find stigma at, at work when uh, mental health problems are not tolerated, they are punished, or people lose their jobs. There is stigma in the society, there's stigma in the family, and there's also self-stigma. Uh, stigma very often is associated with lack of knowledge. Um, stigma in mental health comes from quite many, many years ago when you know people used to be locked uh treated badly um you know named shamed and and labeled and uh it's quite um uh, quite um you know discouraging to see that in, in at these days where we're more acceptable and and tolerant to many other things there's also a lot of stigma on, on mental health having said that uh, i see quite a lot of positive change in terms of stigma. Many people share, many people speak. So if we're talking about stigma at the workplace, I mean, sharing that, and, and again, this morning we were discussing it with this group of manager. what are the pros and cons? And it's always good to share certain things because you might get help, but people are afraid because this can go against them. They might seem unreliable. They might seem that, um, you know, they're dangerous. That's another misconception. People with mental health problems are dangerous. Very, very few compared to um, other uh, dangers that are available. Um, so that's what stops people from 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 speaking and seeking help at work. Uh, then we have the stigma of the society. People how they will be labelled, named, shamed. The family. Sometimes we've seen like the family is not letting the person to get help because they um, are afraid what the neighbors are going to say, what uh, you know the community is going to think about. Um, uh, being a small island here, and, and I'm a foreigner, I'm, I'm coming from a, a, a town with the size of, of Malta, but I understand all the differences here now, been nearly 15 years. Um, this type of society is, is even more difficult to overcome the stigma, but I must say things are getting better, But because... If you go to a doctor, someone might see you. That's how small uh, sometimes the island comes, uh, for those who know the island well. And uh, then what's going to happen? I mean, the other island also, it's a really good example. Sometimes people actually don't get help there. They prefer to travel to Malta because it's less likely someone to recognize them if they get help in Malta. So you know, geographically, this is also uh, helping with with the stigma. I mean, again, these things are changing. So, no. and then there's the self-stigma. I did this to myself. It's my fault. I am weak. I should not uh, mention this. I should, uh, you know, uh, overcome this on my own. It's just an episode. Uh, it's a few weeks, five weeks, seven weeks, ten weeks, few months, and sometimes years for people to look for help.
0: Yeah, you know, people who are <clears throat> laid off, uh, what could be sort of, um, how can they be and re- remain relevant while they're looking for the when the opportunity comes again and pre- in one way turn this time if they can to a positive uh, for them. Uh, what would you advise them to do to stay healthy mentally during this time?
1: I I went myself through um, redundancy. Um, Eleven years Mm -hmm. ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, or more, and um, at the time it was the end of the world for me. Although I was in a very different situation, that I was here, I had much more freedom um, myself, and I didn't need to look after a lot of, you know, after a family were quite, you know, quite manageable. Um, Now, when I look back, this is probably the best thing that happened to me. Uh, But you know, more than ten years passed. At the time, I remember losing hope. Um, you know, feeling like everything very heavy. Um, what we we had we advise people to do is um, to st- stay connected with the present as much as possible. To uh, not punish themselves for the way they um, they they are, are feeling at the moment. I mean, job loss has all the uh, stages of grief and loss. Like it's like you've lost. Um, something important in your life I mean people are in stage of denial then stage of anger you know and then the acceptance come and you know buying I would love to you know give let's say some time and less money but I go back to where I used to be um and so and everyone travels across the stages um you know uh, in a day different old pace and they can go back to another stage um, being specialized in one industry sometimes it makes your life a bit more difficult because if you can get jobs, even like you know um, in other industries that that makes um, your situation a bit a uh, bit better. Uh, stay connected with your support network, with your family, with people don't feel guilty because you've lost your job due to redundancy because it's purely not your fault. It's a fault of a virus or or economic situation or ban of traveling um look around to see what can support you in the community being like job search um you know services like we have uh, jobs plus here which we're trying to be as supportive as they can um any other uh people in the meantime keep yourself busy with with things i mean use the time as much as you can um you know do something that you're planning to do uh, even like start walking more, be more active, you know, even like if you have children, try to spend more time with them or, or you know, um, you never know when things are are, are going to come from. Um, it sounds optimistic, but at the same time, we must be aware that these are all good things to be done, uh, but not everyone will manage uh, because, um, you know, if you lost your job after many years working in one place, it's a massive change in, in your life. Um, then we suggest try to find help uh try for someone to speak someone who you can speak with um phone of the phone or or have appointments um with with uh, some of the services available in the country. um it's really helpful, and they will help you to refocus yeah no, then, um, just 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 give me a second mm. Apologies for this um overly positive and we call it toxic positivity, everything is going to be good. This is for your best, you know, that is as equally bad as being negative. Sometimes I like to keep things realistically. It's difficult, but it show us pass uh, one way or another.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, very, very valuable points. Uh, I mean, I like you mentioned, you have gone through this redundancy. Um, I, I've I gone through also, I think many of us who have had long careers, at one time or another, there has been that redundancy. I really feel that, that it's your, fo- that it's your fault. And, and I found that what helped me is to, to create some sort of a, um, <clears throat> schedule for myself to do different things in order to, find a way to move forward i mean that that was long time ago I, that's when i first joined like a social uh, network like linkedin that's where i posted my cv for the first time and and i realized that uh, obviously that was not uh, the time i got the, the next opportunity but i just did everything i could to just to try to stay relevant and connect with people in the mm-hmm. in the industry uh, we didn't have the social media at the time so it was just connecting by by uh, uh, Any way we could whether it's writing le- handwritten letters to sending faxes or what it was. We, whatever it took we just tried to do and more importantly, just try to stay fit and healthy because I think uh, uh, the longer the better you are fit, you can also manage the, this time of stress that you are, you are going through.
1: Yes, um, I agree with this fully. Yeah. Um, routine is important.
0: Mm, yeah yeah um, we, we talked about mental health and the stigma. Um, how do you deal with increase increased need of help and considering uh, with the limited resources that are available, or do you have abundance of resources for to for people to get help?
1: The, we um, try to increase the our outreach to community by you know by by the helpline uh, sponsored by the government, and we try to sponsor it ourselves. Um, and increase, um, you know, we collected some funds so we can offer free therapy for people in, in need. There's a there's a program that, we, you know, we collect money. It's called the Gift of Therapy. Um, last year, what we managed to secure some funds, it was quite an interesting experience, offer mental health first aid training to the community. We have a number of groups. Um, we try to fundraise as much as we can so we can continue uh, offering offering services uh, for for everyone at the minimum cost or 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 free where we can because um, some people are happy to um, to cover the cost of uh, and they know that by this actually they're helping other people to get um to get um, depends on the help every help comes with a cost we have to engage professionals and they 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 need to be paid. Uh, um, a lot of um, uh, our efforts are getting funds, um, collecting funds in the form of fundraising, so we can sustain um, our outreach services. I mean, we are trying to be as proactive as possible. So I'm going to be launch um, a chat line as part of our helpline, so make it accessible for for uh, for almost everyone who, who would like to speak and you know keep safe, not not being seen um so a lot's been done and um again we cater for different cohorts of people and one of them is the you know people with chronic illnesses which uh, we try to take out of hospitals uh, or from the hospital and and put them to live in the community and and support them to live in the community uh, this didn't stop uh, but uh opening for People who are going through difficult times in your life, in their life, uh, but they don't have a chronic mental illness. This is something that we're lucky to say and happy to say. Actually, it grew naturally last year. Uh, we felt supported by by the community and uh, the the businesses we work with. They were ready to, you know, support some of our initiatives, uh, which is quite a nice thing. I mean, Moti's business was very proactive last year uh, in supporting mental health, which is something that I always praise.
0: Yeah, how is the government providing help and support in in Malta, for instance?
1: Government um, in last year, when uh, when uh, we call it lockdown, um, okay, a form of lockdown, engaged a lot of their own resources to support us, and we support each other. Um, Government is sponsoring some programs uh, and and giving funds, and we constantly try to negotiate things with, with the governments. But the government. Doesn't matter who, <clears throat> which government is at, at at the time. We always work with, and you know, some of our services are actually funded by by governmental programs, which we apply and we present a business plan, and you know, we uh, go through a whole process uh, to make sure that everything is. Um, thing, but money are usually not enough. Um, government network, uh, open network, uh, open helplines. Um, you know, there they are number of psychologists from the government working in the community, then they try to keep people in employment, which is also a, a huge cost. Uh, you know, uh, some people receive money to stay and, and some companies receive money, which also contributes to the good mental health of people because there's less shock for, for them uh, if they need to make some cuts, uh, you know, in, in spending for a period of time for those who can afford. Um, I know places who manage to retain their a majority of their employees. I just can imagine what a big burden this was, and but they really didn't want people to to leave because uh, they need them after. Yeah, of and course. They care about their people. Actually, that's the main <coughs> the main reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, talking with you, which is very interesting about the situation. Uh, I was thinking: Is it the time that companies should consider to have a chief empathy officer? I mean, uh, traditionally in a the company, they have uh, something called human resources or HR, who is the moral compass and so on. But the, when you live in, the, in the, this unprecedented time, uh, because empathy plays such a <clears throat> significant role in, in healing, in the healing process. So what do you think of my little idea that uh, every company should have a chief empathy officer to, for, for, to, in place for that?
1: I like how it sounds, Chief Empathy Officer. <laughs> I actually would like to uh, find a job like that. If, You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I think there should be uh, a group of people who have, uh, or if it's not an officer, but at least a group of people, ambassadors. You know, call them as as you wish. Um, that um, understand empathy, understand how important empathy is. Um, in no all fairness, a lot of actually businesses invested in. Uh, rising awareness about being emotional intelligence and being empathic, how important it is for all aspects of business. Um, we we have a similar concept. We call them the you know the the mental health first aid ambassadors, um, which are you know people that usually you can go and talk to, uh, and they can they can guide you and you feel safe, um, not only with a mental problem but with with others, but with other problems. But they have good helping skills and. They are usually empathic people. It's interesting because there are a lot of non-formal empathic officers. I mean, each workplace there's there's this couple of people that everyone talks to them. Doesn't matter what their role is, Uh, and they can be at any level. You know, from someone from reception, someone who's doing maintenance, and uh, they who have this non-formal chief empathic officers always there to to listen to you. Um, I think companies need to invest in empathy. not maybe an officer, but uh, especially at managerial level. Yes, they—they they, sometimes people need to be reminded about what empathy is and how good empathy is in, in many, uh, in many ways and 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 means of work.
0: So, uh, because it's a live broadcast and also with the support of Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association, so I think we, I'm sending a message to Mhra here to lobby for that hotels and hotel companies should. Uh, uh, form this kind of position, and also to create uh, the training uh, about this. So I think this could be our small contribution from this show. What do you think?
1: Oh, it would be fantastic. I mean, uh, the people I know from uh, from the uh, industry are most of them are very empathic. Yes, and empathy is part of the industry. I mean, you have these guests coming; they need to feel welcome. So this is all empathy and understanding. Yeah. Uh, they come with their problems, with their lives. Sometimes they cry. So it's it's empathy is part of the industry. I mean, yes. I'm putting myself in, in the shoes of a guest uh, and how you're welcome in the place and how I know which place I like and I'm going to go back. And these are usually the, the places that I had good service and yes. good understanding. So it's in the industry already.
0: Yes, yes. So I think that should not be a complicated thing to implement then. I don't think so. No, but I also like the idea. It doesn't matter of... What, uh, manager role or uh, we, we, said that it doesn't have to be an officer. I just went very high on, on a title, but I think it could be an, anyone who naturally has, uh, uh could be with well, a receptionist, could somebody from the, uh, for any, any department and who, who has that, uh, uh inherited feel of, of empathy, who's no, known for that. By, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, Malta being, uh, Predominantly Catholic. How is the church playing into this uh, in providing support for mental issues? Uh, I think when they, they must be having a quite a significant role also.
1: Um, the church is gearing up for, for this. Um, we had a wonderful experience um, a few years back training um, a big group of parish priests and mental health first aid, uh, and it was really spontaneous. We just contacted the local. Um, church authorities and we spoke with them, and they they bought in the idea. Um, they are very aware that people might share things with them, and uh, they are helping. They're helping with uh, issues also related to ad- addiction. Um, they are actually telling us that they're encouraging people to go to see a professional, and they share with them their, their struggles. So it was quite a. Um, so yes, um, I'm seeing this across the whole the whole society.
0: Very good. Not only
1: being, um, well, again, co-chair, we have to acknowledge this, uh, fear, which sometimes comes with, with any religion. Yeah. Depends how you've been brought up. Uh, It can be something that will prevent people from uh,
0: getting help. Mm, Absolutely. Very good. Uh, Thank you very much, Dragan. Um, um, Now I have a question basically for you. Uh, Looking back to the 2020 uh, what do you consider to be your your personal biggest accomplishment that comes to your mind?
1: Wow, well, um, I must say, and I know that it wasn't like that for many people. It was a, professionally, it was a really good year, year. you know, the the learning was fantastic. Um, I'm 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 lucky to have a wonderful team and support from the organization that we we've managed to turn everything upside down and come back as relative uh, as as relevant as we used to be before. Um I um I know one of my biggest achievements is that I actually managed to spend more time with my daughter. <laughs> um for the first time uh being quite a lot with her which is a fantastic experience. Uh, I managed to do most of the things I wanted to do, start certain um um you know things in like my coaching and and here with the and some sessions that we always wanted to do uh, and they came into place. Uh naturally um, being more connected with people this was a great achievement as well uh, I learned how to stay at home which I couldn't do before honestly <laughs> um, but now I like enjoy being at home uh, some days um, so there were things I mean I had my fair share of anxiety struggle I couldn't visit my family as much as I wanted to go I haven't seen my my, my parents for nearly a year um, I don't want to take the risk in, for them, not for me. I'm not that worried about myself, uh, but um, oh, I've learned a lot. I'd say this is one of the greatest achievements of last year. It was a fast-paced learning.
0: Very good. Well, uh, Dragan, thank you very much. We have spent a very good, uh, uh, close to an hour together, and you have shared so much uh, about these issues and I think uh, I, I don't see any particular comments, but I think uh, depending on the timing we have, how many people have <clears throat> watching the replay. Uh, so I'm sure you will hopefully get some comments. I would like to encourage anyone who's watching in this recorded either on YouTube on LinkedIn or on the Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association's Facebook page uh, to, to write in your comments and we will group them together and then uh, I think we can create the discussion offline. Uh, about these issues. But um, I just want to say thank you very much for this time and that uh, you have spent. And uh, uh, and I'd like to also thank uh, uh, winning.training portal who has been uh, helping us to have this show today and also Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association and uh, Mediterranean Tourism Foundation and Visit Malta and uh, the uh, Tourism Authority. And then... And Ministry of Tourism, so everyone who has been very helpful in making sure that we can go live and, and uh, invite guests like yourself. So uh, with these words to thank you very much, and I really appreciate you. that you've taken the time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on The Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8bhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.